morning in Roswell, New Mexico. Coming here from the Love and Life podcast with Sarah and Joe. I'd like to hear a little bit more what's going on inside your head with uh, your body changing, getting a little more plump around the midsection, <laughs> um, and how you're kind of dealing with that and what, what's actually coming up and how difficult it is to navigate. Um, it is difficult to some degree. Um, on the one hand, I feel really surrendered to it and like it's really miraculous and really beautiful and when I say surrendered kind of like this is what I'm going through and it's beautiful and just you know don't look at your body in the same way that you've been looking at it for however many years in the mirror like you're not looking for the same thing that you were looking for before um but there is stuff that comes up because of that because it's like oh I don't wake up in the morning with like a really flat stomach and you know, if I, I, I think it's interesting because the stomach is kind of my area that I like always look at in the mirror and like want to do like more abs and, you know, get like a really toned tummy. And so, and it just happens to be the area where you carry your baby as well. So that's the area that like, it doesn't matter how much I work out, like that is not happening for me right now. What would the world be like if we, if you carried a baby in your chest or like. In your left arm. In your left arm. <laughs> Oh, man. I guess, like, it makes sense to carry it in your belly, but, I mean, in an alternate universe, I don't know. I know, but, I mean, yeah, the point is, I guess some people, like, they focus on their butt or their arms or, like, different parts of their body. And for me, like, the area that I'm always, like, trying to make, like, look tighter or slimmer is my stomach. It's just that's just what I've always I don't know, wanted to have more of a flat stomach. So it's kind of the area of my body that I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm looking good and do my workouts and, or I judge myself if I think I'm not looking good. <clears throat> and so being pregnant is just like, I have to let go of all of that. Like it doesn't matter how many workouts and crunches I'm doing, which I'm not by the way, but like if I was, um, the stomach is growing with a baby inside. So it's definitely been confronting in some ways and, and just the overall feeling of having sharing your body with somebody else it really does feel like it's not my own you know it's not all all mine I don't have all of that same feelings of control I guess that I felt before so yeah it's bringing it's bringing stuff up for sure well I'd like to say first thanks for sharing second you are stunningly beautiful and I love your preco body. Oh, thank you. It's very cute. You're walking around and you're starting to get the little, little lean back, <laughs> carrying a little extra weight there. Um, how does it feel? You talk about having it's like not your own. Like energetically, do you feel any difference? Like another energy working inside you, or is it like you know, with your mind and all of that? Yeah, I think that part of it's very physical for me. So. And things like the not sleeping, like I'm such a good sleeper. I've never had trouble sleeping my whole life. And for me to not sleep means I'm super stressed out. And it would usually only happen like one night randomly. Um, but I've literally been waking up for three hours a night from sort of two until four or one until four or whatever for two months now. Um, I'm used to it now. I'm just like, okay, this is part of being pregnant, like, and building a massive, like huge global startup at the same time. There's plenty of things for my brain to think about at one in the morning, um, which probably doesn't help. But I think either way, I'm like, okay, I wake up in the morning and in the early hours of the morning, I lie awake and I think about things. And early on, it was really stressing me out because I was like, oh, this has always been a bad sign in my life if I've not been able to sleep. Like this has been a sign that I really need to get something under control or whatever it might be. And so to just lean into it and be like, this is part of the journey. And I think it does make a lot of sense that it's preparing me for when the baby's born because I need to feed it in the middle of the night and feed him in the middle of the night and all of those things. So I'm quite okay with it now. I feel like I'm getting used to it. I guess we're almost five months pregnant. So Really? Yeah. Oh, is that past, are we past halfway? <laughs> um Pretty close, right yeah, around there, I guess. I think we're like 18 weeks now. Wow. Well, as expecting 
let Sarah cough. <laughs> <laughs> As expecting parents, what you realize is that everybody's got advice for you mm-hmm. and everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got something to share. And something someone shared with us the other day, I think unknowingly that you not, you're not sleeping well, is like, because we were talking, I think it was my sister or somebody because she just had a baby and someone was like, yeah, uh, oh, who was it? I think it was someone at the retreat last weekend. They're like, yeah, I heard, um, you know, the baby's sleeping patterns really depend how the mother sleeps during pregnancy. Oh, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, don't you say that because Sarah hasn't been sleeping <laughs> very well at all. So, Oh, no. Oh, well. Yeah. I'll so we'll see. We'll see if that's a thing um, when the baby comes. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll circle back on that. Um, I do want to share since you shared a little bit about your body image stuff, that is definitely something I deal with as well, um, which is really fascinating. You know, every time I walk by a mirror and like kind of judge myself of what I look and my stomach is the same thing. Like I always feel like it can be flatter and I think that comes from always, you know, playing football as an offensive lineman. I always had to be 295, 300 plus pounds and I always wanted to look good like I wanted a six-pack I wanted to know what it looked like what it felt like to just just be just like slim and look really good and I know like I look good I love my body but I just always like I don't see the chiseled abs and especially now like I I lost a lot of weight right when I got done playing and I kind of got down there and now you know that coupled with these eating habits and it's this like I eat really healthy um I do like ice cream. That kind of gets me every now and then. But I eat really healthy. It's just this idea of this habit of my whole entire life. I would never felt hungry. If I felt hungry, it was something wrong. Like, And I would, I would like try and find food as fast as possible because in order to stay that big during football, I had to constantly be stuffing my face. And so every meal I would eat until I was overly full. And so my body, it's so hard for me to stop like mid-meal or eat less amount because if I, and it's almost easier for me to fast. That's why I like intermittent fasting because if I'm just not eating, but as soon as I start eating and it triggers my body and my metabolism starts going, like I, I, it's so hard and difficult for me to stop until I have that just disgustingly full feeling. And so I'm still trying to navigate that. And, you know, the body image stuff is just, I just want you to know, I know you, you know this, you're not alone. Um, I know as a man, you know, I, I, I go through it just like women do. And, um, you know, in our society, in our culture, there's this image of what it means to be sexy or pretty. And it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, advertised to us and, um, really working towards like these self love practices. And anytime something like that comes up, just, just reminding myself that it's, it doesn't matter. Like nobody really cares how I look as much as I do. And, it's, I just remind myself, it's all about feeling good. Because when I, when, I, when I start thinking about, oh, I need to look better, then I start thinking about my food, then it becomes this chore. And I think what I'm learning too, and I've read this a few places, is when you bring that kind of uh, like shameful attitude towards eating or your food or you're trying to like continue to look at the way you look and you're thinking about your diet and your food all the time, that really... It, it makes it harder to lose weight because it's constantly on your mind. Mm-hmm. But if when I f- start focusing and I kind of go back and forth on this, when I focus on just feeling good in my body, it's easy to make a better decision when I'm eating. Cause I'm like, okay, is this, is this going to make me feel good or not? And instead of thinking like, is this going to make me look fat or not? <laughs> you know? And it's just that, that subtle shift has made it so much easier to be like, Oh, I can eat. I can stop eating when I'm full and satiated and, and feel good. And another thing is when I, when I focus on, like being really strict and eating healthy because I'm trying to lose weight or look better, then I feel like I'm, it's like the scarcity mindset and I feel like I'm never getting enough food. And so like, if I have a piece of, you know, ice cream, I'll eat the whole tub because I'm like, I don't know next time I'm going to have this because I'm going to be really strict. And so it creates this like cycle. Um, it's been quite a journey for me and just wanted to share that, um, while we were on topic. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And just so you know, every time you walk by me, all I think is, oh, my God, you're so sexy. Oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> oh, I love you so much. I love you. <laughs> but on that, it's also really nice when 
when you tell me you look sexy, you look beautiful or something being pregnant, it's like I can feel that I have a story in my mind that is like when you're pregnant, you're not those things. Um, so I can feel myself not receiving it the way that I would have five months ago. Um, and so I'm very conscious of that. And I'm like, no, receive that. Like you are beautiful. You are sexy. You are all the things because you're pregnant. And it's just in a different way and potentially, you know, you're glowing and it's magical. I'm sure to some degree for you to see our child growing inside of me, like there's an energy there, there's all sorts of things and it's just different. Um, but to witness, like I definitely have stories around that and that would probably come from spending so many of my years thinking that I wasn't going to have a child probably and just energetically rejecting anything to do with kids. I was just uninterested in the whole thing really. And I just hadn't ever looked at pregnancy or pregnant women much at all, let alone kind of being like, oh, wow, that's so beautiful. That's so amazing. As I dive into it, I'm like, wow, this is the most amazing thing on earth. Um, but to see those underlying like more subconscious stories that exist, it's fascinating. Yeah. So where are we right now? We're in Roswell, New Mexico. We are on our way to Sedona to yes. meet up with some friends. We got and a two-week road trip with a little some experiences, some surprises. Yeah, yeah, lots of adventures ahead. Um, and we're also both launching our new companies right now, which we haven't really talked about much, but I'm loving watching you get prepped for this launch. November 2nd, Heart Collective goes live. And I woke up this morning and rolled over to you and I was like, do you know what the cutest thing on earth is right now? And you were like, what? And I was like, when you run out, we at, at our house in Austin, I have an office that's in the casita in our backyard. So it's when you run out and you're like, babers, babers. And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm here. And you open the door and you're like, I just spoke to this person or I just got a new member for the community or I just spoke to this journalist or whatever, like excite. There's just so much exciting things happening around your world right now and your business. And it gives me so much pleasure to watch it. So tell us about it. Though. Yeah, thank you. It's, it's really exciting. Um, yeah, it's been quite the journey and it's, it's you know, one of the things, so this kind of goes back to my, it's like my fifth or sixth year in the league. Um, I always, my entire football career, when I was done playing football, I was going to be a coach. I loved football that much. And after five or six years in the NFL, my body was breaking down. I was just, I was footballed out and I wanted to challenge myself in new ways, experience new things. And a piece of that was I started realizing I wanted to have a bigger impact in the world. And although I knew I would be a really good coach and have an impact on 50 to 100 guys in a locker room each year, I knew that if I could, you know, start a business or get out in the world, I could inspire thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, millions possibly, right? So there's no ceiling out there. And I really got fascinated with this idea of creating a business and the idea of creating something out of nothing is like such a fascinating thing. And so when that idea came to me, I started learning as much as I could, reading a bunch of business books, and all of them said, you know, pretty much the same thing. Like the only way to learn is to try and to go for it. And you're gonna learn more by doing and failing than by reading any books. And so when I was done playing, um, you know, long story short, I think a lot of you know about my story, giving most of my possessions to charity, traveling the country. A piece of that reason I wanted to do that was because I knew that whenever I got into business and actually dove fully into that, that it was going to take all my energy. And I wanted to really take some space for myself to explore my freedom from this game before, you know, us high performers and high achievers, we put a lot of energy and go all in on our ideas and the things we want to create. So I wanted to make sure I took some space from that. And, you know, as I was traveling, you know, after about, you know, the first year, um, I started thinking, okay, what do I want to create in this world? What's my purpose? What's the business? And I had a couple different opportunities with different business things, some investments. Um, they didn't really, some of them didn't really go very well. Some of them I learned a lot. Um, but I'm thankful for all of them because like they provided so much growth and lessons and, um, let me to this point where I was still trying to figure it out. And, uh, about a year ago, I uh, realized that, you know, I joined this community, the community we're actually going to uh, do a retreat with this weekend 
um, fit for service. And that's the community that we met in. And it was such a powerful experience for me being a part of a community of like-minded people that are focused on self-development and reaching their highest potential. And it really led to a lot of growth for me personally. And when I was thinking about what I wanted to create, I realized, man, one of the biggest things missing for me personally and like all professional athletes, all athletes in general is this huge transition. And there wasn't a lot of support. And I think the NFL is providing more tools for guys to help in the transition, but it's not in the way I think I needed as far as somebody who I feel like I have my bearings about me. I, I really, you know, I'm in a good place. Um, I just felt really unsupported, isolated, and I just didn't know how to connect with other people that wanted to make more of their lives and achieve success outside of football. Like I knew now that football was over, my life wasn't over. I it was just really getting started. And so I was really excited about creating something. And I just didn't really know. And I realized there's not this this community of support. And if there was something like that, I would have joined it in a second. And, you know, as any good entrepreneur story goes, they, you know, see a need in the market. And so they go create it. And so I've been working on this idea for over a year now when it first kind of was seated in my mind and putting a lot of energy into it and ideating about it and growing it and, you know, pivoting once COVID hit into this more online platform. And finally, I mean, we're a few weeks away from finally launching the Heart Collective, which is an exclusive community built just for former male professional athletes to help them in the transition process. But not only that, it's going to provide tools, a container for us to connect and collaborate. And it's really not this self-help thing where guys that are really struggling need like therapy and like somewhere to go to talk to people. There's a component of the container that's going to be a safe space for us to express. I think that's really important. I've involved, I've been involved with another community called Everyman. And I've met the founders of that when I was doing market research for this company, and they've been super supportive. And I went to one of their retreats, and I've online, I'm uh, involved in their online community and their their content that they create, and just this aspect of men's emotional health, men's emotional intelligence, and you know, being able to express yourself openly and vulnerably, um, I think in our society is something that's really missing, uh, especially as you know, former athletes and male athletes. So that's why. Um, there's definitely going to be a component to that, and I'm really excited about bringing it all together. And uh, launched applications just a few weeks ago, and I was really, you know, I'd, on this journey, I've dealt with a lot of my own self-limiting beliefs, my own fears about, you know, stepping up as a leader, you know, questioning like who am I to do this thing. And there's been so much growth through that whole journey, and I've learned so much about myself, and realizing it's not me, you know creating this thing so that I have something or an experience to share with these guys, but it's creating the container so that we can all come together and learn from one another and grow together and support each other. And the big vision is so that we can, you know, create a better lives, not only for ourselves, but for our families and our communities and the world. And I think having these really influential people, these the role models in our culture and our society, and they already have the base foundation of, uh, mental toughness, uh, overcoming doubt. They know what it means to, you know, work towards something that's greater than themselves. And so I just really super excited about this, this journey. And, um, you know, I was really nervous about, you know, the first real big step of an entrepreneur. And I've been on this journey for a couple of years now, creating a few different things. And then finally, um, creating like a product and then having, you know, wondering if anybody's going to show up and want to, uh, be a part of the community. And so I launched applications a couple of weeks ago and I've gotten, I think, uh, eight or nine guys that are committed to joining. And um, that's just the beginning. And I can really feel the energy of this thing. It's so much bigger than me. And I feel like um, part of the journey is understanding that it's not me creating this thing. It's this thing that wants to be created through me. And I can totally feel that. And I think it's so much bigger than me. And so really all I have to do, and this is what I'm learning, is show up and work on my own resistances and work on the things that are getting in the way of this thing that's wanting to create through me. And the more I do that, um, the more I feel like I'm in flow and the universe is bringing the right kind of guys that 
are going to benefit from this community. They're going to add value to this community. And I just know this community is going to continue to grow and it's going to add so much value to these guys' lives personally. And then, you know, send ripples of positive change out into the world. And it's been such an amazing experience. And I do have to say that watching you, even just witnessing you, I've learned so much from you just by watching you from a distance and your ability to lead your teams and just, just watching your leadership ability and, and um, it's added so much value. And I don't think I'd be where I'm at today if it wasn't for you, if I haven't, didn't meet you, if I didn't learn from you. Um, and I just know that this relationship, there's such an expansive energy to it and I feel so supported and um yeah so i just want to say thank you and i'm really excited about um this journey ahead i know it's just getting started and yeah so i mean i i think that's pretty much it um <laughs> yeah so a lot of good things a lot of big things um obviously there's going to be a lot of challenges a lot of learning a lot of growth especially as this community grows i'm hiring my first employee i actually hired you know this is how fast the universe is providing me these lessons is you know, I hired an assistant, a uh, virtual assistant, like, I don't know, three or four months ago, um, which has been amazing. But, you know, it was a really easy, kind of a good way to get my feet wet and working with somebody because it was like kind of an hourly thing, stuff I needed. She's helped me with my personal stuff. But to hire a full-time employee for my business, I had a lot of resistance to that. And, um, you know, luckily your team, the company that you have, one of the companies is a remote staffing company. So being able to use you to help me recruit and hire somebody, but I actually hired my first employee like a month ago and I ended up firing her just three weeks later, um, which provided a lot of lessons. Uh, you know, even during the interview process, I was so nervous because I was like, what do I ask? How do I, like, I've never done this before. I'm a first time business owner and you helping me through that whole process was really amazing. But just the insecurities I had around it. And then, you know, working with somebody and I, I like learned so much just by working through it with her. Um, and unfortunately, you know, some things came up where it just wasn't a good fit and had to let her go and learning that. So going through my first hire, my first fire all in three weeks. And now I feel like, you know, looking for the next, you know, person that's going to fill that role and help me. I feel so much more confident and I feel so much more capable and I feel like I know exactly like what my vision is and how this person's going to help me make that vision come to life. Um, but yeah, I feel like one first step for, for any entrepreneur is really making that first hire and then making that first sale and it's all coming together um, pretty rapidly. Uh, so I'm really excited about it and um, we'll definitely, I'll continue to share that journey as these podcasts go on. Um, so thank you for being so amazing and I'd love for you, now that we're talking about our businesses, to share what you got going on and a little bit about your journey and more details about um, the stuff that you're dealing with, you know, in this moment, the challenges that you're facing and um, your vision on what you want to create. It's it's really beautiful to witness and, and the, your ability, I just want to say one last thing, I know I've been talking a lot, but your ability to question your own fears and your own doubts as they come up like instantly um is so inspiring to me and it teaches me so much mm, thank you received all those beautiful words thank you so much i love um what you were saying about <clears throat> the idea that this business has come through you and it's something that i very much resonate with and feel like about my businesses um and it's like an interesting concept to get your head around because as entrepreneurs, I think there's also um, a pull to kind of, you know, our ego's pull to be like proud of ourselves for what we created and what we birthed and our idea and all of that. And and there is an element of that, like we are bringing it to life and we should be proud of that. But the feeling and the power, I think, that I take from knowing that what I'm bringing to the world is coming through me. It's meant to be birthed and I happen to be the person bringing it right now um, is like so powerful because I really feel like I'm in partnership with the universe and I'm not alone in this and I'm supported just as you were reflecting. And I love being on this journey with you because 
I feel as though any time either of us get into a stage of facing some doubt or some fear and or, or hit a roadblock, you know, the other one can just help us come back to centre and remember. And obviously we can do that for ourselves, but it's really nice to have this partner who kind of sees it the same way and experiences it the same way as you do. And I feel like that's part of our expansive energy that you mentioned is that we're there to support by each other's side um, and, and bringing back into alignment and centre. And you are such a rock for me because the journey of being an entrepreneur is like being in the fucking ocean sometimes and getting smashed up against rocks and, you know, or in the washing machine or however you want to um, describe it. And not in such a way that it's like, um, I guess that sounds kind of like traumatic or whatever, more in the way that it's just you never know what's around the corner. You never know what email you're going to get. You never know what's happening. And the bigger picture is what I've become very good at focusing on. And that is what helps me stay the course through all the different little things that literally happen throughout a day. <laughs> this is not, you know, anyone else who's listening who's an entrepreneur, you understand the roller coaster is not necessarily over a year or a month or even a week, it can be all in one day. You can go hit the highest highs and the lowest lows. And I've spent 10 years on this journey learning how to smooth that that line of ups and downs, that kind of spiky, I'm really high, I'm really low, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, and just smooth it into this thing that doesn't rock me as much as the different things come up. And so feeling as though I'm in partnership with the universe, feeling as though you know, I'm supported by you, by myself and my own background and skills and by the universe as a whole, because what we're bringing is needed, is, you know, positive for the world. Uh, and just having my eye on that vision and my nature, which tends to be positive and optimistic, um, is what really kind of helps me stay the course through all of the different things. But on that point, and I think it's um, relevant just to know, because I've definitely had a week of just facing some of the like real doubts. And I'm at a massive growth edge right now for me as an entrepreneur. So I've spent 10, the previous 10 years before 2020, I got really good at building and selling productized service businesses. So I worked out to run a service business in a way where the service was able to be delivered in a productized fashion. So it was repeatable and scalable um, and I would build those business up, all recurring revenue essentially, and sell them. And then it got a bit boring because I guess my soul knew that there was more for me and that I was capable of more and I could do more. And, you know, the start of looking at all that was, well, I mean, you could easily scale, Sarah, one of those businesses into something bigger. Like you kind of bail once it gets to the point where it's profitable and it's working because it's boring and you're like, okay, I'll sell it now and uh, move on to the next thing. I also always had multiple businesses at once. And when I looked at those two characteristics and traits, I saw that they were kind of my strategies and tactics for staying small in a way because if I had multiple businesses – uh, I didn't have all my eggs in one basket. And you could argue that that's really smart in a way, like hedging your bets and all of that. But from the perspective of trying to build a unicorn company, like a billion dollar company. Um, what does a unicorn company mean for those that aren't entrepreneurs? <laughs> yeah, a company with a valuation of a billion dollars or more. That was privately started as a startup? Uh, I don't know if it has to it, there's have been. The, that's the criteria though. It's just a startup that... Yeah, I mean, usually dollars. it's a startup that's fast growing and hits a valuation of a billion plus mm. is named a unicorn. Yeah, it's fascinating. I just want to share when we first met, it felt like you had eight things going on. Mm -hmm. You had your Grow My Team. You were raising money for Grow Motely at that time. You actually hadn't even closed your pre-seed round. And you were actually about to get started in another company, Lunar Wild. I had League of Extraordinary Women. League of Extraordinary Women. I had just Women. bought... Six months earlier, um, as yes. a significant investor in a company called Love My B&B, which we had to um, put into liquidation. It was an Airbnb property management business um, through this COVID crisis. Um, yeah, I had a lot going yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> and it was pretty, I mean, it was amazing. I was like, holy crap, like this woman is incredible in the way she manages her time and she's 
handling like literally multiple companies. She's about to start another one. And she's, I was like, holy crap, she's like so amazing, so inspiring. But then about halfway through COVID, you had this, I think it was through a ceremony, but you had this realization that if I want to really take one of these things to the next level, I'm going to have to focus all my energy mm-hmm. and clear away the things that are distracting me. And it goes back to that Warren Buffett saying where it's like, you know, if you want to figure out what you want to do and be great at it, list the 25 things you want to do in life, circle the circle the top five and don't ever look at the other 20 because those things are just going to distract you mm-hmm. from being really great at the, the five things you really want to be great at. Exactly. So talk a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So this year has been as I say, just an incredible year of growth for me as an entrepreneur because I had to look at all of that stuff. I had to, and it, it hit me in the face. It was like, wow, you know, this, and it, I get validated. Like my ego gets validated. The fact that you are sitting here saying, wow, it was so impressive. Like I could feel that energy when I would meet people and I would talk about all my businesses and they'd be like, wow, that's amazing. So not only um, did I enjoy it because I enjoyed the variety and I was having some element of success with operating that way. The world around me validated that that looked like a good thing to be doing. And um, so, yeah, it was challenging. But when I dove in, I realized, well, this is how I keep myself small because if one of them doesn't work out, I don't have to feel like, oh my goodness, I went all in on something that didn't work. You know, I had an excuse or a reason or whatever. And I realized around May, I think, yeah, it was May. It was the end of May. So we, I, I was actually, um, I spent May completely sober and clear. I didn't do any, um, I think, I, I can't remember if I was off coffee, but I was literally off alcohol, off um, everything to get really, really clear. We'd done a lot of ceremonies in those first few months and the end of April was the one where I met my daughter, our daughter, who's now our son. (laughs) Um, But uh, part of that ceremony was like, it's time to get clear. And at the very end of May, I just woke up one morning and had really strong, clear downloads about what I was building and what the opportunity really was with Gromoli. And I always knew it was big, but... I felt like when I went to sleep that night, my dream space was almost as though my cells were being upgraded, like energetically. Like there was this, it was very strange. There was this shift happening. And when I woke up early, I couldn't sleep. And there'd been some big problems that I was trying to nut over and figure out. And I thought to myself, I need to get out of bed and, you know, grab a coffee or a tea or whatever it was and sit outside and just start writing some of this stuff down. And But by the time I'd gotten out of bed and gone to the bathroom and come back to make my um, coffee, it was like coming at me like so fast. And I started to try to write it down and I couldn't get it out fast enough. So I just started voice noting and I paced up and down the street voice noting Theodore and my marketing manager who's out of Romania all my ideas and what was or what was coming through me really about this business and I think I sent her about an hour's worth of voice notes but it was the fastest way that I could kind of speak it into existence as it was coming to me but that was the moment that I realized at the same time that that was happening you can't do this with everything else on your plate and not only all your businesses but the way you're showing up for all these people And that was a really big moment for me because, and it was coming out of the work that I'd been doing on healing the abandonment wounding that I, that I discovered was sort of my core wound and my driver and seeing that, and this stuff affects every area of your life, but seeing that I was creating, I was filling my life with people and businesses and friends and everything, like multiple of everything so that I couldn't be left alone, so that I would, the gaps would never be empty. Didn't matter how many people I got around me though, the void never was filled because that's not how it works. But all of a sudden I saw it and I realized I'm pretty sure I need to step away from some of my businesses, all my other businesses essentially, and focus on Gromotely and what I'm bringing there. And I also need to clear the decks with the amount of time and space I'm giving to people when they reach out for help, assistance, guidance, a friend, an ear. And that was incredibly difficult for me. The first thought of it was like, no, 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 I couldn't do that. I couldn't turn someone away. And I noticed that in myself and I was like, whoa, seems like you should do that for a week maybe and just see what it feels like. And I was like, no. And then I was like, oh, 
a month might do it. <laughs> so I was having this kind of conversation with myself, but I ended up then deciding that June was going to be all about me cleaning, clearing this stuff up. So I, I told everybody that month that reached out to me for anything that I'm sorry, I just, I can't right now. Um, and the only exception I made to that was when Cheryl in Australia, her um, best friend passed away and I got on the phone with her and I even thought about it. <laughs> Am yeah. I going to or not? But because I wanted to push myself mm. to really feel into, um, you know, where my line was and where my boundary was. So but- talk about what what did you get out of taking that time to yourself? Because even, yeah, you're talking about the businesses. You have so much experience and advice and you're such a badass entrepreneur that so many people are reaching out to you for that advice, especially, I mean, close friends, um, you know, other entrepreneurs, acquaintances, um, people, I mean, you have such a huge community of entrepreneurs that you've been doing it for so long. You're part of a few different communities. And so you are constantly on calls and, you know, basically plugging up that energy that was mm-hmm. leaking out to others and just kind of bringing back, what does it even feel like to be in my own sovereignty and my energy without just giving it all away? Talk about that experience and what did that month provide you? Yeah, it was it, it was a lot of healing and a lot of like seeing my life with eyes wide open all of a sudden and observing the relationships and dynamics that I've created to in order to satisfy my own abandonment wound needs. So if I felt needed, if I felt as though these people relied on me and depended on me and they wouldn't get through it without me and whether that was a business partner, a team member, a friend, whoever it was, I was creating this dynamic that allowed me to feel like they couldn't get through it without me or it would have been harder for them and they were so grateful and so whatever. So I was sort of doing this martyr kind of thing and to be able to look at it and then observe how freely I was willing to give that because people would reach out and then I would have to say no and I'd realise like I don't even know this person yet me of three weeks ago would have absolutely said yes maybe we're connected on Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever. It's not to say we can't develop a friendship. They might be amazing, but like, really, Sarah, right now, like you're going to build a billion dollar company and you're going to give an hour to someone you don't even know to talk about whatever. And I was like, wow, I could just see how much I'd been giving. So it's, it's enabled me to be a lot more discerning now about where I'm giving my time. It's changed all the dynamics of my friendships and relationships and being able to see where there really is a beautiful, equal, energetic exchange and where I was just using that connection essentially to fill a need. Um, And all at a subconscious level, of course. And from a business perspective, I noticed a pattern in my businesses where I was flying the flag of visionary, optimist, um, raise the energy, put money in if needed. And this is a big one for me, and this is what I've been working through the last week, which is why this whole conversation started. Um, But money has been one of the external measuring sticks that I have used to claim my independence from a very young age when my dad left to provide for myself and get myself to a position where I felt I could provide for other people, then actually start providing for other people, which in turn is creating dependencies because they wouldn't be able to get out of that situation or through that situation without me. Um, And then in my businesses, often being the one that would put money in when needed. And I'm not to say that some of my business partners didn't as well, but I seemed to be the more like, oh, I've got it. Like, don't worry if we need X thousand dollars, I'll chuck it in, blah, blah, blah. And I saw that for what it was. And this actually came up when our the Airbnb property management business was really struggling with everything that happened. And I saw like everything and I was like every meeting um, for weeks on end, I would go to the meeting with them and I would spend the entire meeting trying to get them positive, raise the energy, the vision, talk about strategy, talk about whether I was going to put money in or not. Like, And I was holding that company as though I was fully responsible for the outcomes, no matter what happened. And because of what I'd done that last month, clearing everything, I realized this is a pattern and I am not helping anyone when I continually come in and save the day. 
I'm not enabling anyone to step into their greatness. I'm enabling them to stay in their patterns that they might want to or choose to look at and resolve so that they can step into their fullest power and potential. And I think it's such a fine line. And as I consider um, becoming a mother, I reflect on that. You know, it is that mothering energy and it's a balance between nurturing and guiding and like protecting and saving and shielding. And the protecting and saving and shielding doesn't allow anyone to be on their own personal growth journey. It hinders that. So I stepped away from all of my business partnerships, told them all that I just wasn't available anymore. Um, You know, talked about what that looked like in terms of whether we needed to reassign equity and different things like that. And all those conversations were unique and, um, you know, really gratefully for the pretty much they were just like, you're such a contributor, just go do what you need to do for the first time ever. And we're here to support you and watch you shine. And so it's been really a beautiful experience. Um, that process took, took months. It did. Yeah. It's yeah, a really unplug energy. It's not like you just dropped everything. It's like, I can't do no, this no, anymore. No. It, was, it very, was a series of conversations yeah. over and each, each one was its own realization, almost like, Oh, yeah. here it is here. And then, and then going, yeah, it wasn't sort of a day in time where I was like, Oh, I need to do all of this. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. And then, you know, just last week, um, something came up where I saw another layer, like all of this stuff is so layered. And we were, I was looking at our cash flow for Grow My Team and our runway. And when we were going to run out, um, we've been affected, like our long-term outlook for the business is so good because of the whole remote work thing, but we've still been affected short-term because some of our clients have closed, they've had to let go of staff. So there's, so we haven't grown at the rate we would have this year. And I started looking at our cash flow forecast and our trajectory and I was like, oh shit, like in about three months, we're going to be, you know, there's going to be some pain. And just so everybody that's listening knows, this is Grow My Team which is the company that you started in 2014. Yep. You just became the CEO of uh, a little over a year ago. Yeah, January 2019. January 2019. And so you've been really working on revamping this and focusing your energy on this. And this is kind of the business that you wanted to take to the next level and you've been focusing most of your energy on. This is actually where the Grow Motely idea came from. And so the Grow Motely is the, is the unicorn company, which is going to be a tech platform that mm-hmm. kind of brings this you know, recruitment agency that you have that is like hands-on filling these roles into more of a scalable global tech platform. So right now you're discussing Grow Motely and then we'll kind of get into the Grow Motely or Grow My Team. Yeah, talking about Grow My Team right now. So yeah, Grow Motely is essentially the technology version of what we do in Grow My Team. Um, So at this moment, you you kind of cleared the decks. Now you're focusing, you're the CEO of Grow My Team. Yep. And you're running that and you're actually in the process of, you know, slowly transitioning some leadership roles in yep. that company so that you can even focus more energy on Grow Motley. Exactly. Yes. I'm very aware of this and the same pattern from before. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to be the CEO of Grow My Team for much longer. And we're working on that transition right now, but I am still presently. And, excuse me, and I was looking at the financials and realized, okay, we're going to hit some challenges in three months, which... It's good that I'm ahead of it. It's great. I feel really proud of that. My first instinct was how much money am I going to have to put in? And I literally said that to my team. So I was meeting with the leadership team and I just got off, you know, meeting with the finance manager and then we were all chatting and I was like, well, I'm going to spend some time figuring out our strategy and figuring out how much I might need to personally put in to keep the company going. But I want to do that knowing what our strategy is and that we're going to get out of it. I finished that note. I went and had a glass of water or something and I just saw exactly what I'd just done. I was like, I just did the thing that I always freaking do. Wow. (laughs) And And it's fascinating, just like the self-awareness to look at the stories and the patterns. And this is what's, you know, a lot of people don't recognize is these unconscious patterns that we keep coming back to. Mm -hmm. And so to have self-awareness of it, to just see it so clearly like it's amazing and all the work you've done. I mean, it wasn't well, that's just like the other thing. It's you- like for those listening, when you're working on a pattern, like this has been all year for me and the all layers, your life pretty much, all right? my life. Yeah. And yeah. all year of really 
seeing it, unpacking it. And it, we can't just fix this stuff mm. overnight. Like it's a process. Patience with yourself. Mm-hmm. But it really takes work and yep. it takes showing up and it takes questioning while you're doing things. and Developing it's, it's, a practice of all of that, yes. of looking at ourselves and looking at our own behaviours and actions. And, you know, sometimes the fact that I write and voice note a lot to my team versus I think when we're in conversation in an office or something, you, you don't always remember exactly what was said and how you said it, but when you have it all written there and you can go back half an hour later and be like, huh, interesting. And so there's, there's some real advantages to that. But, yeah, about, I don't know, 30 or 60 minutes later I wrote back and I was like, you know what, guys, I'm in a patent loop here and I'm not going to put money in. We need to sort this out. We need to figure it out as a team. And I believe in you and in us. And I now need to go and do some work on myself, on my relationship with money and how it shows up on repeat in this way to figure out why I'm doing it. And I'm going to spend Friday doing that, which I did. Um, and, and for all of you entrepreneurs out there who think it takes just showing up and working and grinding and this masculine energy of like, I just have so much to do. I need to mark off the list and I'm, I'm getting, I'm falling behind. And one thing you've taught me as an entrepreneur, there's always something to do. And for you with all of this going on, you know, clearing the deck so that you have enough time and energy to put into this new project for you to take a whole day off. Like I I remember when like you literally took all of Friday off. You didn't have anything on your schedule and you just focused on these stories and these patterns. You you read the energy of money book, Mm -hmm. you did a vision board, you journaled and you really went in to discover what was this really all about instead of just brushing it to the side. And I want to commend you for that because that is something that, I mean, I don't think a lot of people even have the self-awareness to understand what that is even like. And for you to really go question that, oh, it's so beautiful to witness. And just talk about what you learned doing that. Yeah, and, and it does feel counter to what you should be doing. Like if, if my business is in crisis, there's this like instinct to do something like, quick, build another service offering, like do a marketing thing, like just do something. Um, But what I've learned is taking that space to dive inward is actually what clears the energy for newer ways of looking at things to come up. But also that I'm not going to be in the same situation in six months, in 12 months, in 10 years doing the same thing. Yeah. Looking at the cycle, right. And figuring out how you can get back into alignment so that this thing that wants to be created through you I mean, that's what they talk about, these flow states or these things that, you know, human optimizers are kind of coming up with. It's like, how do I tap into flow? How do I get the most out of my energy? And it doesn't feel like work. It feels like it's just flowing out. And sometimes it takes some space and pressing pause and trying to get back into alignment before you just try and keep trying to figure it out. Because like you said, that cycle is going to keep coming up until you look at it in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. And I I just dove into like all of my fears and all of my doubts. I wrote out like I journaled, I think it was five or six pages of like, just keep writing until you get to the core of the fear. And the fear was, you know, if we don't have enough money and then the company fails and and then this, and I let these people down, I let these people down, my investors, my team, myself, my future child. And then what happens then? And then Joe leaves me and I'm alone and then my baby doesn't like me and then I'm all alone and I'm living all alone. And for me, that's the deepest fear of everything, that I'm not enough. Nobody will love me. I'll never have, my family will be disappointed in me. My sister will think I'm a failure. Um, I won't be of value in the world at all. I'll just be outcast, alone, unloved and of, of no use. I, what is the point of my existence? Which essentially is literally my deepest fear. If, if I trace everything back, I'll come back to that point of like this existential, like, do I even deserve to be here? Why am I even here? And so, how, so you get to that deep fear <laughs> and that's a lot. I mean, even you just going through it, I was like, Oh God, <laughs> but knowing that that's not true. Right. Yeah. And then being able to look at it and go, well, the likelihood of it really landing there is so small, you know? Um, and it, even if like, so talk about like doing this work. So how do once you have the awareness of like, okay, I found this, this deepest fear, then what's the next step? Like, where do you move forward? How do you, like, how does that break the pattern? Is it just the self-awareness or is there something that you do to just 
you know, realize that maybe that's not even going to happen. Or if that does happen, I will be totally okay. Do you well, just I play started, out scenarios? Yeah, this was all in journaling. I started with like the deepest fears and what it would look like. Then I started with um, making lists of all of the um, ways in which my patterns and behaviors have been destructive and the lessons that I've learned. Like what are the things that I really messed up when it comes to this kind of stuff, leadership and money in my companies? And I just looked at all that stuff for what it was, but looked at it also with all the learnings. Like, okay, how would I approach it differently this time? Then I looked at um, the positives and negatives of my traits because part of my traits is that optimism and that vision. And the positives of that, as we were talking about earlier, is like just staying the course and keeping going. The negatives of it is sometimes I don't look at the details because I'm so busy focused on the big picture and that's what can land me in um, a, a situation where I get a little bit blindsided by maybe some smaller details that are um, not going to work out for us. And then I was like, well, what is it that helps me solve that? And it was really simple. It came to consistency. If I consistently, I thought about what do I do in my personal finances? I have a meeting with myself once a month and I update my balance sheet and I make any changes I need to make and it takes half an hour and I actually love it. And sometimes it takes a little longer, but it's a great, and it keeps me the course with my personal finances. And I realized, well, I can do that every Monday morning with the business. And that way I won't, it won't be like a few months before I see something. And then I also looked at, um, what am I really amazing at? And I wrote a list of all the things that I have achieved when it comes to money and leadership and my team and growing companies. And that was an important step as well because I was so I was going into the the tough stuff. Mm. Um, but I needed to build that evidence book for myself as well of what I have achieved because when we're in that negative state, it's really easy to just get on the see, I'm useless, I'm a failure. I, I knew that this was all it's the imposter kind of stuff. I knew that I wasn't good enough for all of this. Um, but in this existence of such polarity, there is always, always. another side. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's beautiful. So I ended with that. And then, you know, my style as a leader is to share very transparently with my team. So I shared all of this stuff with my team. Um, and what that has opened up as well has been the biggest gift because two of my team members have independently reached out and said, thank you for not putting money in that is not going to help us. Like I want to reach my fullest potential. If I reach my fullest potential, I will be more financially rewarded. The company will be going better. I'll be hitting targets and I'll be, you know, getting rewarded in, in um, uh, alignment with that because that's how our remuneration structures work. And by you putting money in, you hold us all back from our own financial abundance. And I was like, gosh, that's so true. Like I think I'm doing a favor by keeping everyone employed and keeping us going. Whereas what's really going on is I'm allowing them to stay, you know, at 70% or 80% of their fullest potential, which means they're not actually achieving and receiving in return everything they deserve. And I had two other team members reach out and ask if they could put money in to keep the company going. And that blew my fucking mind. <laughs> I was like, whoa, if I ever had any questions about the commitment of my team to make this work, I've just seen that they're all 100% committed. And so anyway, I feel like we're on this amazing path now. We are doing all of the things we need to do to solve this issue. Once I dove in further and further, like it's not actually that big and we've caught it three months out and we've rallied the troops and we're going to absolutely be able to resolve this. But not only are we going to resolve it for right now, we're changing the trajectory of the future of the business and of every individual in the team, which me putting money in didn't do any of that. Mm. It did nothing. It's just it's like a Band-Aid, right? It's a Band-Aid that means we'll just have the have same to, conversation. The, the Band-Aid's going to get old and then you're going to have to replace the Band-Aid. Yeah. And the wound's not going to heal. But if you really look at the wound, mm -hmm. then you can, you can really heal it. Yeah. And once you heal it, there's opportunity for so much growth. Yeah. expansive energy and I just want to make a plug here um, because while you're talking I was just thinking what an amazing leader you are and how much you know business leaders and CEOs and management people who have teams can learn from that kind of leadership and that journey that you just went on and how it empowered your team and these are tough conversations it was not easy for you to look at yourself and then confront your team and be like, hey, because you feel like you're letting them down. Totally. All the fears that came up for me was like, what kind of leader tells their team 
they're not going to keep the company going if you know, if we can't figure it out and what kind of leader looks at them and says your jobs has a conversation like this that basically every time I do it, I feel like I'm basically telling them their jobs aren't like super secure. <laughs> but you're doing it in a loving and empowering way, right? You're not, you're not coming at them with this energy of like, pick it up guys. You guys are shit like that, you know, and it's when, when you empower them, they come back with this recept, they receive it and they come back with this energy of like, no, we want to answer the call. And you know, kudos to you for surrounding yourself with people like that. And I think that's really important as well is, is surrounding yourself with the right kind of people who are, who do have a growth mindset, who do look at themselves, who do want to become better versions of themselves. That was another really interesting thing that my team and I dove into because I was able to be so open with them. We dove into the fact that we actually attract people in who are in some ways like us and are in some ways um, like feeding our own patterns, like our cycles and patterns work together. And so I opened up to them, like, how does this show up for you? Like, and it, it came up because one of the girls told me, oh, for 10 years, I've worked for companies where the owners have just always put money in. And it made me be, when she said that, it was like a light bulb went off. And I was like, wow, I've attracted someone in who like is, a, is able to work in that kind of environment and thrive. Mm. But like, what is her pattern that keeps her small, that means she works in that kind of environment, you know? And what are all the patterns that we're all playing and how do we all have an opportunity to break that? Because every single one of us, <coughs> sorry, if every single one of us breaks a pattern, one, we all grow and our lives become better, and two, the business thrives and then, then we thrive as people, mm -hmm. as individuals. Yeah, and the energy of the business just becomes so much more expansive. When I, I mean, how many employees do you have in that business? 12 yeah. now? Mm -hmm. And when they're all focused on that growth, like the expansive energy that that creates, because we talk about these businesses have their own energetic essence and signature and they have their, their, their living you know, organism. And so if you have 12 people that are all committed to making that thing grow, I mean, I can't even imagine. It's going to be really cool to witness this journey when we check in in a few months when, you know, that runway kind of runs out and see how you guys have responded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know you guys are going to, you know, become profitable really, really quickly. Um, let's transition into growmotely.com. Mm -hmm. um, I know that's just a whole another journey. We're coming up on an yeah. hour here. Um <laughs> I guess we can probably dive into that in another episode, um, but maybe just kind of share where you're at right now and maybe a couple of your uh, your biggest challenges so that way we have this timeline that we can check in yeah, for sure. um, and see the growth and, and how you've worked through some of those things. It's really an exciting time in my life. So growmotely.com, as you said, is this technology platform that's connecting remote professionals with companies all over the world um, and handles contracts and payroll and has culture management tools and all sorts of things. So it's really what I see for it is this will be in the future the way most of us are engaged in employment, just the way most of us book cars on book, book transport on Ubers and most of us, if we're going for kind of private home accommodation, use Airbnb. I, I feel that Gromotely is going to be the platform where we're engaged in our employment in the future. So it's, it's super exciting and it's huge. It's something much bigger than what I've ever done. So really the journey for me, as we've been discussing, is so much of like, I know the only block is me. Like that is my full-time job essentially is like looking out for when I start blocking it and moving those blocks out of the way. So right now I've built an incredible founding team, um, speak about being in partnership with the universe. And I think about the along the journey of the last, last few months, getting to this point where I think, oh, how am I going to, I need a really good CTO. I hope I'm going to find one. And just having Chris just land in my lap, essentially. And that's a chief technology officer, mm -hmm. um, which is providing a ton of value because as a technology company, having somebody that's really understanding and this guy's really experienced, yeah. it seems. Yeah, he's older than me. I think he has 30 years experience. He's really incredible. Um, our operations manager, Cass, out of Nigeria was actually one of the candidates you interviewed for your ops manager role that I sat in on. And uh, she didn't feel like the right fit for your team. But I was like, oh, I need to interview her. I think she's the one. And that was like, I wasn't even quite ready. I wasn't quite thinking about that role just yet because I was so focused on the CTO and the other things. And then Gato, who's a web developer designer, 
um, and really good at communicative design, like really understands marketing messaging, but making it look beautiful. Mm. Um, who I've been working with for eight years across all my companies. And I sent him, I wanted him to do the front end of our website and I sent him the pitch deck just so he could get a good feel for what we were doing. And, um, he emailed back and he's like, I want to work with you. This is amazing. I want to, I want to be on this team. I, I don't want to just build the website. I want to, and, and it was a really big validation point for me because one, I love working with him. We've already tested that over eight years, but he's never once said to me before, I want to join this company. <laughs> so, you know, that was really exciting. So I've built this incredible founding team. So I'm, I'm getting this trust in, the universe is like bringing the people to me that I need. Um, but talking about the blocks, you know, I'm raising capital and that's, it's challenging me for sure. Like, and I watch the whole over the capital raise journey. I just watch all my own stuff come up that blocks me. I'll start to get, you know, I'm not sure like this is a lot of money or this is, am I really worthy of this? Am I really able to deliver for people? And then I notice myself slow down on having investor meetings and slow down on action. Then I go into the thought process of like, how can I do it without other people's money? How can I do it? Like, you know, I'm very used to bootstrapping as well. Like, how can I just do that? Like, and I start keeping myself small. And so that's my biggest challenge right now is, is getting out of my own way to raise this capital and bring this baby to life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so amazing to watch. And, you know, I have to remind you constantly how far you've come. I mean, when we first met a little over six months ago, you just closed your first seed round. You didn't even start building the technology yet. Nope. Now you have a founding team. And the, the technology. technology wasn't even what it is now at that point. Like I knew. The MVP was a lot. Way smaller. I knew at that point the world needed a global job board because that was a big challenge is like you have, if you want to find talent in South Africa, you need to know where South Africans advertise their roles and where South Africans look for work. And that is uh, the same of every country in the world. And I saw that as a big problem. And that's where it all started is like, we need a global job board where companies can post full-time permanent roles and candidates from all over the world can apply. That's what it started with. And then it's just growing into so much more. Yeah. You've come so far and it's amazing. I'm so grateful that the universe, you know, decided to bring me in on this journey. I'm so grateful to have you. And that's another thing. Like I think how I landed with the most supportive partner on earth who can bring me back to center faster than I would be able to do for myself. Um, and just is constantly there supporting me. You're also an investor, which I very much appreciate, which happened before we even started dating in mm. the week before, from when we met to when we started dating, which wasn't yeah. very much time. But, you know, it's it's amazing to have you on the journey from that perspective as well. But And that is really teaching me a lot because to say to one of my investors, which is you, I'm scared. I don't know if I can do this. What if I mess it up? And for you to be like, if you mess it up, life goes on. And like, you've got this. It's so helpful for me because this is part of the vulnerability piece that these are the blocks that we all hit is like, I can be vulnerable with my other entrepreneur friends and say, I'm scared. But do I want to look at an investor in the face and say, I'm scared? That's the vulnerability. When we actually show up to the person that we're most or people that we're most vulnerable around that issue and say it to them, I mean, wow, it's hard. And for me as an investor, and I'm, I've invested in a few startups now, and I really enjoy investing and learning and getting involved in these these projects. And I've learned it's really about investing in the person. And when you show up, I mean, first of all, it's the conviction you have about knowing deep down that this vision is going to happen. Like that conviction is like, that's what it takes to start a business. And then your honesty and transparency and openness and your ability to look at those things from a personal level and move them out of the way at such a rapid and expansive rate. It's just so exponential that I have no doubt in my mind that this is going to be one hell of a ride. And I'm so excited to go on it with you. It's fun. It's all fun. I love being on this journey with you and I love watching you expand into your entrepreneurship because holy moly. Yeah, it's really cool. (laughs) And it's, you know, just... For me, all these things, you know, all these fears, everything that comes up, just reminding ourselves that it's just a game. It's a game that we get to play. It's a game that, and, and I truly believe this is what I've learned over my last couple of years is 
When you show up with a heart of service, really wanting to provide value to the world, to others, and make it a better place, the universe, whatever you want to call that, whatever created this existence, sees that, knows that, and will use you in a bigger way than you could even imagine. And it's going to challenge you, and it's going to push you up against your growth edge. But if you're willing and able to look at your own stories and your own blocks and look them in the face, look your fears in the face and move them out of the way and show up with courage to keep going, man, I'm vibrating right now because the universe, I mean, has such bigger plans for you than you have for yourself mm -hmm. and just keep showing up and asking for help and, and setting the right intentions and praying for guidance. Um, it makes such a difference and it's, it's so beautiful like you said earlier to to be partnered with the universe it's really beautiful and i'm you know we kind of went long here um there's a lot more i want to talk about but good thing we're together and we can record as many episodes <laughs> as we want i do want to plug that you wrote a book about conscious leadership that is in the process of being published and i don't know when this episode will be coming out but if you're an entrepreneur or you're a leader of any type and you really got a lot of value out of that conversation we just had about Sarah, you know, stepping up and, and looking at her own stories and the way she's shown up for her team and how she's empowered them. And, and, you know, I get to witness her every day. She's one of the most amazing leaders I've ever met. Um, and there's a lot of value in that book. And I'm really excited to see how well it does. Um, so I'm sure if you are interested in learning more about her story and learning more from her, check out that book. Um, we'll definitely plug it when the time is right, but I just wanted to get that out there. Thank you. That is exciting. I'm actually speaking to my publisher today. Woo! <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're going to wrap this one up. We're heading to Sedona, and then we're going up to Vegas next week, which I'm really excited about for multiple of reasons. But until then, uh, I think we're going to record a podcast up there, so... Yeah, stay tuned on stay tuned. why we're in Vegas and what we're going to get up to there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's cool because for us it's a week from now, but for you it's just going to be pressing <laughs> next and continuing to listen to the next episode <laughs> of Love and Life with Joe and Sarah. <laughs>